1922, at the start of the Civil War, the Irish Free State used 18-pounder field guns to shell the four courts. These guns were provided on loan by the British Army to the new Irish Free State. After the Civil War, the guns remained in the service of the Irish Army. But then, sometime in the 50s, they seemed to disappear, and their whereabouts was shrouded in mystery for decades. That is, until one of the guns was discovered, in the most unlikely of places, under a mound of overgrown ivy outside a closed-down restaurant in Virginia in the United States. I'm Ken Smith Christmas. I'm a former museum curator in the Department of Defense Museums in the U.S. I spent nearly 30 years with the Marine Corps Museum and then with the National Museum of the U.S. Army, retired in 2010. Ken is passionate about Irish history. He knows more about it than most people I've met, and he has a detailed knowledge of the Easter Rising, the War of Independence, and the Civil War. One day, many years ago now, Ken was on a long drive, and he decided to pull over at the side of the road for a rest. And there was this old dinner theater, which had been around since the 1960s, but you could tell it was kind of on its last legs. And when I pulled into it, I realized that I'd been reading this book and it told about a, a skirmish happening on that site in 1861. I figured, well, I'll just wander around through the woods here and see if I can find this old house where the, they were banging away at one another. As Ken is walking around, he notices all sorts of strange antiques. There's an old fire engine overgrown with weeds. There's a searchlight from World War II that's also overgrown with weeds. And there was this mound of ivy. And when I looked at it, I could see a cannon barrel poking out through the top. I went over, pulled some of the ivy away, and I could tell it was a British 18-pounder gun from World War I period. That piqued my interest. Well, let's, let's just see where it was made. So I pulled away the ivy at the breach, and to my surprise, I found the insignia of the uh, Irish Free State, a superimposed double F with a starburst around it. It turns out that one of the 18-pounder field guns that had shelled the forecourts in 1922 was now in a private display in the United States, even though no one in Ireland knew where it was. And that kind of took me back. And I thought to myself, well, isn't this the strangest chance discovery of me who would recognize it just pulling off the road and here it is buried under a patch of ivy. I went to the office and I talked to the people who were in there. And I said, did you know you have a, a fairly rare cannon that's out here under a big pile of ivy? Oh yeah, we know about the cannon. And I said, well, I wonder if somebody in Ireland would be interested in this. And I said, oh, no. No, the owner would never part with it. Absolutely never part with it. So I basically, at that point, just put it in the back of my mind. The reason why Ken didn't make a big deal of this was because at the time he thought that one of the four cork guns was already on display in Ireland. Preceding all this, the reason I thought that somebody in Ireland may be interested is in 2006, the National Museum of the U.S. Army had sent me to England. I had several tasks. Ken was sent to England to check on the restoration of a World War II landing craft. 
On one of the days that he was in checking on the restoration, he noticed that there was a British 18-pounder field gun that was also being restored. And I just made a chance remark. I said, hey, nice 18-pounder gun. And the fellow said, yeah, that one's Irish. It was two years before I found the Ivy Pest gun. I said, really? Irish? And he said, yeah, it's going into the National Museum of Ireland because it fired on the forecourts. I said, really? That's interesting. And it was just a couple of months after that trip to England that I went to Ottawa for a joint military museum conference. And while I was there, I just happened to be seated at a table next to Lar Joy. My name is Lar Joy. Lar is an archivist and curator. At the time he met Ken, he was the curator at the National Museum looking after military collections, specifically the Soldiers and Chiefs exhibition. Well, Ken, I mean, he has a huge interest in, in Irish history. So over the years, I would go over and I'd meet Ken and Ken would drive us around uh, Civil War battlefield sites. Uh, so Ken is always a great host uh, and always been a great friend since uh, we, we met in Canada. When Ken first finds the Ivy Patch gun, he does tell Lar, but he doesn't make a big deal of it. Uh, Ken had, uh, over the years, had told me that he thought he'd seen one of our guns. Uh, and eventually in 2008, he, uh, he, he had found what he thought was the gun. Uh, and then in, in 2013, when we met, he kind of realised that um, the gun he'd seen was probably one of the guns from, from the, the first batch of guns handed over by the British Army in 1922. Ken was on holidays in Ireland, and he had arranged to meet Lar in Dublin at the Soldiers and Chiefs exhibition at the National Museum at Collins Barracks. So this is May 2013, and I'm going through the Soldiers and Chiefs for the first time. And when I was going through, I noticed this 18-pounder gun, the same one I'd seen in England, how many, six years, seven years beforehand. And I just turned to Lar and I said, so that's the gun that fired on the four courts. And he said, no, that gun never fired on our four courts. I said, well, the guy in England told me it did. He says, we well, must have gotten that wrong. And I said, well, Lar, if that gun didn't fire on the four courts, how about that cannon that I found under the Mound of Ivy? That one may have. And he said, well, when you get back to Virginia, check it out. After his holiday, Ken goes back to the US to see if the gun is still there. At this stage, it's been several years since he made the pit stop and discovered the gun. Ken goes back to the old restaurant, except now it's closed down. But the gun is still there and still buried under that mound of ivy. The owner of the gun and the restaurant is a man named Glenn Graves. So in 2016, after a bit of to and fro, I went out to meet the owner of the diner and uh, we asked him if we, if we could take the gun. Uh, and we were very, very lucky. He was a very kind and generous man. He's, uh, he gave the gun to us. Um, at that stage, um, they're winding up. They were, they, the, the place was being redeveloped, the land had been sold. So the diner, diner was no longer in operation. Guns in those days that belonged to the Defence Forces uh, were, were clearly marked with an FF. So once we saw that, we knew that this particular gun had at some stage been in the ownership of the Defence Forces of the Irish Army. It's a very, very exciting moment, and I think there's a, there's a photograph of us on display in the, in the exhibition with, with very big grins on our face uh, to finally, uh, after all these years of, of Ken, Ken and myself talking about it, to actually find and confirm that this gun is just as important as we thought it was. Um, so it's a lovely moment, and after that, it was all about getting it back to Ireland. 
All of a sudden, all the pieces came together. If Ken hadn't seen the first 18-pounder being restored, if he hadn't stopped in that old rundown restaurant, and critically, if he'd never met Lard Joy in Canada, this gun would still be sitting under a mound of ivy outside a closed-down restaurant in Virginia in the United States. So, how did this gun actually get to Virginia in the first place? Well, after the Civil War, the Irish Army kept the gun in use, but in 1959, it was sold as part of a shipment of obsolete artillery and machine guns. The company who purchased the weapons was called Interarms. And at the time, Interarms specialised in acquiring surplus military arms from around the world for civilian sales in the United States. So when the shipment arrived in the US, it was brought to the company headquarters in Alexandria in Virginia. And so one day, the owner of a then recently opened restaurant visits Interarms and purchases an old Irish Free State 18-pounder field gun. He then sets the gun up outside his restaurant and that's where it sat, exposed to the elements for the next 40 years. The restoration of the gun was led by Sergeant Robbie Delaney at the Curra in Kildare. Which was you know, painstaking and it takes a, it's, a, it's a long process of kind of bringing something back to the way it did look like. And nowadays when we conserve an item, a historical item, you're very cautious to ensure that it's done in a very planned, methodical way. Uh, it's not just about you know making it look like it looked new. You know, you, you do need to kind of to, to treat it in a very academic way to bring it back to, to, to that look. Robbie now, who did all this work bringing it back to the way it was, he did a huge amount of work on it and did eventually get the breach to open it. It actually had been sealed, so the breach is open. As for firing it, you know, people always ask me about old guns in, in the museum. You can say, yes, a gun could be fired, but do you really want to fire a 100-year-old uh, field artillery gun or uh, a rifle that's 100 years old? These things are they're antiques, so I wouldn't do that. But the gun, you can always bring a gun back to life if you want to go that whole way, but it, uh, I wouldn't be firing a full charge out of a historic 18-pounder. Once the restoration is complete, one more challenge remained. How do you actually get one of these guns inside a museum, or any building for that matter? That's where Brenda Malone comes in. Hi, I'm Brenda Malone and I'm the curator of Arms and Armour, Military History, Flags, Banners, Transport and Contemporary History at the National Museum of Ireland. When it arrived on the back of a flatbed truck um, at four o'clock in the morning, and that was the first time I'd seen it in person. And I'd seen lots and lots of photographs of it. Um, I'd received the measurements of it. I'd been through the whole process of how are we going to get this gun into this space, into any space, in through any door, which was really one of the biggest challenges of, of putting this together. But to see that gun arrive when the cover came off it, and I was so surprised by how small it was. Now, obviously, it's a, it's a large artillery piece, but I suppose the event of the explosion in the forecourts and everything around that is such a huge thing in Irish historical memory that you almost expect a gun that has participated in such an event to be enormous. And I think what, yeah, what struck me when the cover came off it, when they were about to strap it up to lift it over the back wall and the guys were standing beside it, including Robbie, who had refurbished it and restored it. I think I was just struck by going, wow, that's much smaller than I expected. And I, and I think that says a lot about how we, how we remember things, how we visualize things in our memory when especially when something like the civil war in the four courts 
when you've been taught about that since you're a kid in history classes. It, it's this huge, huge event. And when you see the gun, it's, it's kind of like, wow, that was part of the huge explosion. Because even the unexpected um, size of it is actually part of the surprise of the object to me. They brought the ivy patch gun from the Curra on a flatbed truck to the back of Arbor Hill. Then a crane was used to lift the gun off the truck, over the back wall and railing, and then down into the dip that goes underneath Arbor Hill. Finally, they got the gun into a position where they were able to wheel it inside. And now, thanks to the efforts of dozens of people, the ivy patch gun has finally returned to Ireland and is now on display in the National Museum at Collins Barracks. <laughs> 